0: When I went to school, the end game for learning how to read was to be able to read and understand anything. It was assumed that by the time a student graduated from high school, no longer, no, not any later than high school, Hopefully, no later than public school, grade eight, a student would be able to read and understand anything. They would be able to answer reading comprehension questions about whatever it was they read. We have come to realize, as educators, that that is not a sufficient end game a sufficient end goal. What we really want is to make sure that by the end of one's years in school, one has acquired a love of learning, a love for reading, which leads to learning. We want to know that when we're all finished with our students, they still want to go to the library and get books to read because they love to read, or go to the stacks at the university and look for nonfiction books because they're curious, or go online and want to read the newspaper because they want to know. I guess it's the difference between reading being utilitarian and reading being for pleasure. We don't just want students to be able to read because they need to accomplish something. We want to develop students who develop who love to read because they can become involved in a story. It's only when we can relate to what we read that we really are affected by what we read. If we have a love of reading and a love of learning, then no matter what we read, it comes back to us. We think about it in terms of how we perceive the world. So today, because I read to my grandchildren online, and I hope that Besides my grandchildren, some other people will pick up and watch the videos I create. I read a book called Thunder Cake. And the book tells the story of a a girl who's grown up now and she's reflecting on how her babushka, Her grandmother, who came from Russia and settled in Michigan, loved having her granddaughter visit and knew she needed to help her granddaughter overcome her fear of thunderstorms. Because the author uh, concedes that when she was young, she was afraid of thunderstorms. So right off the bat, we know lots of kids who are afraid of thunderstorms. My own, grand, my own daughter used to lie in the bed at night in a thunderstorm and then come to us. And then she changed completely and now she loves thunderstorms. But it's very common for children to be afraid of the noise that thunderstorms make. So this story tells about how the grandmother baked the cake with her granddaughter when she knew that a storm was coming because she called it a thunder cake and the granddaughter had to count to 10 to figure out how how far away the storm was from them by the length of time between the thunder and the lightning. It's a very beautifully written story, but it can stimulate a lot of conversations. First of all, it can go, you can go off in a whole direction of science and what is a thunderstorm and how does the sound get created and where does the lightning come from? Because it's all about baking a cake to take the mind off the little girl who's afraid of the thunder, you can finish the book and then bake a thunder cake because there's a recipe at the back on how to bake the cake that the the book talks about. Or you can talk about the colors and the sounds. A lot of what is written in the book deals with the sounds of The storm, but not the color. But because I used to teach art, I thought to myself, this would be a wonderful way to stimulate the thinking about the colors in the sky and using chalk pastels or oil pastels because they can be blended much more easily, or charcoal because they can be shades of gray, and then using a chalk pastel or a crayon or an oil pastel to add the lightning bolt. There's so many different ways that you can create together with the student who listens or the child who listens to the story. So what does this have to do with developing a love of reading? Imagine... In a, uh, on a night when it's storming, lying on a bed with a young child under your arm and reading this story and talking about this story and talking about what the story means and then reminding the child about his or her own fear of the storm, it allows the child to escape into the storm because when we read we know that the child the child in us knows that the child that we're reading to is visualizing is thinking about is emoting in conjunction with the story it it opens up a door to the idea of reading with the love of a parent and reading to to turn off whatever is bothering us and turn on something else. My mother, who is the oldest of, not the oldest, sorry, my mother was the second oldest of four girls and one brother was, unfortunately they're all gone, but my mother used to talk about the fact that after dinner, she and her sisters all had their jobs in cleaning up from cooking. One sister took everything off the table and put it all in the refrigerator. Another sister washed all the dishes and my mother's job was to dry the dishes and put them away. My aunts used to talk about how my mother used to look at herself in the mirror over the um, kitchen sink and sing and look at herself in the mirror. But she always had a goal of finishing in a hurry because she said sometimes after dinner, after all the dishes were put away, she rushed to finish up so she could sit in the den, in the family room, in the parlor and listen to the radio. She used to listen to The Shadow on the radio. The Shadow was a, a radio story in the 30s, especially as she was growing up, or the late 20s and the early 30s, that people became involved in because they didn't have TV. They had to imagine in their head they had to visualize in their head what was happening on the radio, but lots of children became involved in it because they visualized that visualization and that thinking about the story story is that visualization and that. End game of becoming involved in what we read or what we listen to is the root of learning to love reading. When I was a classroom teacher, one year I had a grade six class, and I used to believe it important to read to my students. And so I spent time Every day that that I was that it was possible to have them sit on the carpet and listen to a story. I remember this particular grade six class, where I read *The Yearling* by Marjorie Cannon Rawlings about a little girl who adopted who adopted rather a horse. It was a Newbery Award winner, which meant that it won a prize for the best in children's fiction. I read every day, and every day they sat on the floor around me, and they sat and they listened. At the end of the story, my students sat the last day, they knew it was the end, and they sat without moving, or making a peep. And when I was finished, there was dead quiet for a couple of seconds, and then they all clapped. They clapped because they had been reproducing with me that experience that my mother experienced when she listened to the shadow. They had become engrossed in the story. And that's what we want when our children read. That's why it's important that we develop time in our program to allow them to read so that they can then read uninterrupted so that they become engrossed in what they read and they develop that love of the story. It only happens when they read stories that they like. So we have to be careful in how we lead them to the plate. And we have to work hard at that. But that's the secret. Developing a love of reading so that at the end of the day, the child either doesn't want the story to end, or when the story is being read, They can identify and imagine and think about the characters because they live in their brains. That's our new goal today. That's the only way in which we can enrich our culture, our society, and perhaps our way of life.